Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Thursday the 18th of November. Today I'm joined by Stuart Dickens, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there, Stuart, how are you doing? Hi, Peter. Yeah, once again, very good. It's a, it's a nice sunny day down here in Brighton, so I'm, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you. Good. Um, so uh, we've got to get this this uh, podcast done and dusted because I go to CrossFit after this. And if I get there late, I have to do 30 burpees. Um, so it's very important that we get this done on time. Um, <laughs> otherwise, I'm going to die before I even done anything. So what is your first? Uh, oh, sorry. What? Yep. Yeah, because actually today you're doing both you're doing both of the stories so what is the first story that you found most interesting in Watson's Daily? Yeah so the first story today which um, really stood out to me was the news that House of Fraser is sadly going to be evicted from its flagship store in Oxford Street. Yep. So yeah I think uh, I think for many retailer enthusiasts and just Londoners in general I think this is quite sad news. Um, The company's been there for over 142 years it has a lot of heritage. Um, on the flip side, I think this also sets the tone for what will come with, you know, many commercial properties and units, um, especially in London, mm-hmm. um, are now kind of having to rethink, you know, what they do with these investments. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 a bit of a tricky one, really. I think mm. changing consumer habits of, you know, really really affected this everything kind of going online and you know maybe not as much footfall mm-hmm. um but yeah i think um i think this also kind of puts puts the wheels in motion in terms of the effects of coronavirus mm-hmm. um you know the debts that these companies have acquired um, mm. by not having to be open but still having to pay mm. and then you know the impending powers of you know this new commercial rent coronavirus bill which has kind of just gone through the second reading uh, very recently, which is you know going to give some some you know some powers to the arbitration process surrounding you know this whole commercial landlord slash uh, tenant situation. Um, but yeah, what's your thoughts on the story? Um, so you know, I said I think it was yesterday or the day before where I said you know I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but uh, <laughs> I, I similarly I'm not a cynic, but. Um, I just wonder whether um, this is just, uh, uh, you know, Mike Ashley of, of Fraser's group, uh, which owns House of Fraser. Um, I just wonder whether he just thought he'd have a last throw of the dice, chance his arm with the landlords um, of the Oxford Street store and say, hey, uh, as you may have noticed, coronavirus has been a bit of a pain. Um, so how about you let us um, go rent free for the next two years to help us out? And the landlord said, uh, you must be joking um, and uh, and call, called his bluff. Because at the end of the day, you know, he has said uh, quite freely that actually <laughs> operate, you know, doing um, being in, in department stores is a nightmare. So anyway. That's what I imagine had probably happened. Um, and so, uh, you know, House of Fraser obviously got these nice plans for for a hundred million pounds uh, redevelopments. And um, it, it sounds sounds great. You know, gym and pool, 
shops <laughs> as if you need any more on Oxford Street. Um, ox, you know, office space, which is which is something that um, you know its neighbours uh, in in John Lewis and uh, you know in John Lewis have done because um, obviously you know Debenhams as well. That that's that's all. So all those big um, all those big department stores along there have. Uh, not done yet or uh, have not done well and are change, uh, you know and are changing their their space so um yeah i think it's 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 kind of sad but then again i can't think of the last time that i went in any of those places when i went to oxford street i think i have been to selfridges a few mm. times um because i don't know it just seems they got more going on there, whereas I feel that the others are. You, you kind of think, well, it's just a bigger version of what we've got at home. Whereas you know, Selfridges is a bit more exciting, and I, I feel that um, I like the fact that um, that uh, Selfridges has things like different displays, or you know, they have kind of areas that change. So you know, or themes, you know, that kind of thing. It's more of a interesting experience i i feel um yeah, but uh yeah. you know not not that i'm a massive expert on on um, de, you know um, shopping at department stores but it just feels that it just feels a bit more of a an event in my opinion no no i get that and i think you know this is what what these companies are having to deal with now um you know this movement of just being a shop to being an experience um so It'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, I think obviously with this new development, there's going to be, you know, gym, pool, office space, mm -hmm. um, a restaurant, which, you know, I think is going to be really cool. Obviously, I think Sadiq, Sadiq's plans for, for the centre of London, especially Oxford Street, was originally to try and make it, you know, a, a full metropolitan area mm. where, you know, only you can walk down there's parks and greenery and stuff. Mm. So maybe this is the start. Maybe this is the start of that, that mm. you know, redevelopment. Um, mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it sounds sounds good. I mean, okay, I mean, it'd be quite interesting to yeah, I would imagine it'd be quite interesting to work there. Um, you know, if you've got you've got you've got these, you it's like what I've been saying quite a lot of times in the past is that you're almost like creating your own mini kind of environment, you know, urban environments in in, in one building. Um, so I think I think that that will be interesting. The other sort of wider implications though is, I do wonder um, if all um, department stores go down this road uh, it means that there's going to be a lot of office space coming onto the market in the next few years that are in town centers so in prime locations um, so I would have thought that this is going to potentially um, be negative for you know some landlords obviously if you if you own it then then that's fine you know but um but if you are, say, a regional um, landlord or a WeWork or whatever, you know, or, or um, IEW, is it IW, I always get mixed up with IAG and IWG. But um, So IWG, you know, if you've got these um, spaces, there's going to be more available, um, which may put a ceiling on um, on rents in, in the uh, you know, in, in, in central locations. So I don't know whether that's going to pan out, but it certainly seems that moves like this um may mm. well make um more space available no it's it's very interesting i think um i think uh, sorry yeah I, I seem to remember reading um in my own, own time of researching i think actual goddard mm. which is a big law firm they they released a report last year saying how they foresee foresaw the the center of london this happening and um a lot of these kind of 
you know, it's been taken up by media and technology companies. And yeah. I think there's going to be a wave of, you know, these big headquarters, you know, hosting, you know, hundreds and thousands of people yeah. uh, with this kind of movement of everything going online to maybe yeah. purchase these smaller, you know, more central, yeah. um, cooler office spaces. And, and, yeah. and, you know, you only go in when you need to go and see a client. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it certainly makes sense. And, 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 the longer we go with with the this hybrid working of, of working at home working in the office um i think the more the more the you know the, the more de- there'll be more demand for smaller yet nice maybe you know smaller nice small but perfectly formed um offices in central locations so um so yeah we'll 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 see won't we so uh, so yeah Cool. So what was it, so what was the other the, so you were saying about the um, the other the other topic uh, conversation today? Yeah, I, Phil, Phil, Phil had that I've had to take up your space, but I think this is a really pressing issue, you know, and mm-hmm. and and you know, being an ambassador and you know um, having the privilege to to work with you and the team. Um, whenever I tell people about it, um, their their immediate reaction is, "Oh, can you give me some trading tips?" You know? Well, so as in, um, uh, yeah, for for Watson's Daily, they think yes, they see it as a, a potentially a tip sheet. Uh, yeah. Is is the thing? Yeah, you know? I mean, it's it's funny because you know you you say that, and I I get a lot of people asking me the same thing, right? So um, if I'm uh, down the pub, for instance, uh, which obviously happens occasion only very occasionally, um, or uh, or especially if I'm talking to someone who's got an MBA. Or just done an MBA. One of the first things they say is, "Have you thought of put, you know, actually putting tips in, uh, you know, share ideas and things in this?" And of course, actually, and I, I know I, you know, I'm mentioning a, a well, I say a competitor. I mean, they're blooming way bigger than me. But Finomize is a is a classic um, example of this, right? So it's it looks to me, and I may be wrong, but it looks to me that Finomize got v, you know, VC backing early on and and uh you know it went from being something that was kind of educational and aimed at um millennials to becoming much more focused i mean i've looked at it obviously re- relatively closely over the last few years and it seems to me to have developed into kind of I say, I was going to say. I mean, it sounds a bit uncharitable, but like a poor man's Bloomberg, right? And and it, it's like um, trying to give give you share tips and encourage you to trade and all that kind of stuff, um, which is which is fine. And obviously, Aberdeen, um, you know, bought it recently. Uh, I, I don't know how much they paid, but you know, they they paid for that. Now, for me, that that I think that what Aberdeen were doing in buying Finimize was to just buy access to um, the younger clientele who use um, you know, who use Finomize. In my opinion, I don't know the full story, but that from my from where I'm sitting, that's what it looks like to me. Um, the thing is, though, is uh, as far as I'm concerned with um, with Watson's Daily, um, it's all about it's all about trying to help people to actually understand uh, understand this stuff. So. Just to be clear, I don't own any stocks and I am not pushing any particular stock or anything at all. It's just opinion uh, on, uh, uh, you know, on 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 this stuff. And it's trying to help you to understand, but also to help you to be able to use the information, because 
that's another thing as well. I mean, you can read a lot of this stuff, but if you don't you you know you, you don't necessarily know how to use it and that's another reason for doing this podcast you know actually this doing this podcast it all started for me trying to help people to know what a conversation uh, about about these kinds of things actually sounds like because you can't a lot for a lot I mean obviously I was I was fortunate in the sense that I worked doing this as a, a stockbroker all day every day for 13 years um and obviously i've been writing a version of watson's daily now for about seven years so you know i'm i'm used to this and i'm used to talking about it and i just wanted to try to help people to to know what that would be like as well and so that's how that's how this podcast started so so yeah i mean it's it's interesting um that you know people are looking more at uh stuff online to try to help them um and i'm just saying that um i think personally i'm i'm very much of the <laughs> the opinion of the 55 to 64 year olds um that newspapers are a better uh a, a better source of information and i always say this in in my uh, you know presentations when i present to companies or universities and things that um, the reason why I like newspapers is because they there is a certain a, a quality control. So that's one thing. Um, they are consistent. I they they turn up um, and uh, they just and and yeah. I mean, I just think that they they just give that you know they're just all they're just always there. And and the thing is that means you know whether they're right whether they're wrong they still turn up. Whereas the problem is is with things on on um uh, uh social media they can blow hot and cold you know if things are hot they do really really well and then and but then when it when it all goes down the pan they all disappear um so it is and and i don't know again this is to, this is totally this is just my my opinion right is that it's really funny how i notice that um this podcast the it does really well uh well you know it does really well generally and i'm very, truly grateful to to people who listen to this but um i notice that it does it sort of slides down the charts whenever cryptocurrency does really well because i think that everyone list likes listening to the cryptocurrency related uh, podcasts um you know as as it's going up because maybe they think oh, i want to buy more have i missed it you know all that kind of thing so it's quite interesting anyway how it's done but you know i'm a big fan of getting uh, uh, information from newspapers because of the reasons that i just said um and of course you know that's that's the basis of of what goes into watson staley as well but uh, but yeah i don't know so what what do you yeah what 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 do you think <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is all coming off the bat of, you know, uh, lockdown, <clears throat> I think, mm -hmm. especially with what happened with all the um, the meme heights and, and dodgy stocks sending stuff to extreme prices and mm. and the, uh, you know, overbranching theme of crypto, which, you know, is so uncertain. Yeah. Lots of people have got into this thinking, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to make some some money or, you know, mm. if I if I, you know, you know, read, um, read a few things online, do a trading course online mm. and, uh, and, you know, watch some bloke on TikTok, give me some, some, uh, pointers. I'm going to make mm. some serious cash when, uh, you know, the, the, the realism is, you know, there are people who have been working in the city for years. Some mm. of the smartest, smartest people working for some of the biggest corporations who have, you know, 
gone to university, studied very credible, hard degrees, specialists in their field, have years and years of experience. Mm. And they find this hard, you know, mm. <laughs> they find mm. this difficult. And uh, I think there's a, a little bit of naivety and it was, it's, it's frustrating because, you know, these people, and uh, you know, I don't want to say all of them, there may be a credible person out there. I don't know, but I, mm. I highly doubt it. You know, if, mm. if they were that good, they would still be at, you know, Goldman Sachs, for example, mm. I, I, mm. I believe. And for mm. them to go online and, you know, take pictures with their, with their sports car and a wad load of cash, and be like, you can make this money too if 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 you sign up to my course. Mm. Quite frankly, is just you know, it needs to be better regulated. This you know, it's it's a con. I mean, yes, they might give you some form of an education, but mm. you know, I think I think the industry needs to have a little bit of an introspective look and really start looking out for for you know the little guy because mm. you know people are going to be you know losing their life savings on on these mm. sort of things. Mm. um that's my view yeah no i agree with that i mean i would say that you know i've obviously i've been a headhunter as well and i did used to see lots of people um you know put on their cvs and say i say oh yeah i've done this i've done such and such course with this company that you know most people have never heard of um and you know they, they charge thousands um for this right i mean and they usually charge uh, a few grand it's over maybe a few a couple of weeks or something they tell you first of all how ragingly successful they've been um and uh, how dead easy this all is and that um you know like you say i used to work at goldman you know i used to work at goldman sachs this is what they don't want you to know is such an absolute load of rubbish um you know they need they and they what they do they then um you know they give you a few tips and show you a few chartist uh, a technical analysis bits and pieces which is fine but you can get it from a book um which costs a lot less and then they you know you have access to their 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 IT and stuff and then some of them what they'll do is they'll get you to do this stuff and then they'll pick out who they'll select um, whoever uh, are supposed to be really good uh, to trade their money. And then they take you on and you, you like, you basically you are paying for their recruitment process. I mean, it, it's so terrible um, that places do this. Um, and I really, really urge people not to waste their money on such things. If you want to show that you are interested in markets, you want to learn about markets, learn about markets, do the reading, um, you know, do competition. I mean, there's there's one being run by the um, Daily Telegraph at the moment, for instance, as a you know fun, fantasy fund manager competition, and you can actually win money on that, right? So, but you just if you if you do this, you do the work. You know, you are not going to get this by doing a two week course. Um, you know, this requires application, uh, de- you know, dedication, consistency, and just you know, just to show that you actually want to you really have a, um, a an enthusiasm for this mm. because that, that, you know, if you want to get a job um, doing this, then that's um, certainly the way to go. Not, you know, paying for expensive courses because that is by and large a load of rubbish. Yeah. Um, 
But anyway, I'm going to have to go because um, I feel the 30 burpee burpee, um, (laughs) fine uh, coming on. So um, Mm. anyway, um, just really thank you very much indeed um, for for, um, this week, um, Stuart, because um, I can't just say to uh, listeners, I can't do tomorrow because I'm going to do my first ever, uh, well, I say first, my first in-person uh, events tomorrow at Bristol University for two years, I think it is, pretty much two years because obviously because of COVID. Um, because I, I was traveling around doing a lot of this before then, um, but yeah, I can't do it tomorrow because I'm going to be on the road. Well, actually, more accurately, on the tracks, on the train. <laughs> and uh, so, um, so anyway, um, but w- there will be more podcasts, don't worry, and then some more special interest podcasts coming up as well. So, anyway, thank you very much indeed, um, for your time, Stuart. I really do appreciate it. No worries, thank you so, uh, so much for having me on the, on the podcast, Peter. It's been a, a great couple of days. No problem, no problem. And uh, as always, thank you very much for listeners. I know this was a little bit of a different, took a little bit of a different turn today, um, but hopefully um, you found that of use and uh, we'll be back again uh, very soon. Many thanks and uh, have a great day, weekend, etc. Until I see you again. Bye. All the best.